think we are going to start. Thank you, Juliana. So, hi folks, welcome to the Hug at Home, improving the customer experience through customer journey mapping. My name's Adridi. I um, am an inbound service and service hub professor on HubSpot Academy. For those of you who might not be as familiar with HubSpot Academy, it's a free online learning platform that has everything from, uh, you know, setting up service hub, marketing and sales hub to courses on social media, business writing. We also have a lesson on diversity and inclusion. So check it out. Maybe when you're taking a break from all of those fabulous shows, um, now might be the perfect time. So clearly I can talk forever about HubSpot Academy, but also service hub, customer journey mapping, Chinese food and Porter Airlines. So I was so excited. Uh, this hug was originally intended to be in Toronto. So I was so excited to go to Toronto to, of course, meet you all, meet Julia, meet David, and fly Porter. I love Porter Airlines. Um, so I was a little disappointed that I'm not in Toronto, but we're going to make do with the situation. And I even figured out how we can talk about Porter Airlines within this presentation. So still a win-win. Uh, but first, let's talk about the intention of today. One, we're going to build empathy for our customers by using a customer journey map. And two, we're going to improve the customer experience using HubSpot and Service Hub. Quick caveat about this second point. Um, so I, of course, know HubSpot and Service Hub the best, but by no means are these the only tools um, that you can use to accomplish some of the things that we are talking about. I'll touch more upon that a little later, but just know uh, if you don't have Service Hub, it's not the end of the world for this presentation. Agenda for today. We're uh, gonna, big surprise, talk about customer journey mapping. Uh, first, why is customer journey mapping important? We'll then talk about how to do customer journey mapping. So what are those steps that we need to take to make that really great customer journey map? We'll look through examples of customer journey maps from various industries. So we'll get into an activity. Uh, this, of course, in Toronto is supposed to be a workshop. Um, we try to adapt as, as best we could. Um, we still got an activity in there just to make it as hands-on as possible. Um, and then we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about how help HubSpot can help you alleviate some of those points of friction you might find in your customer journey map. We'll have two spots for questions right after the activity and then at the end. I have a couple of colleagues on the call with me, um, Juliana and Kristen. They'll be helping me out with fielding some questions. They're very lovely. They might be a little bored at home. So if you also just want to say hi to them, I'm sure they'd love to talk to you too. All right, but back to Porter Airlines. So if it wasn't clear, I love Porter Airlines. I have to say that I have only flown with them a few times, but I think they are just such a great airline. And I know that's a really weird thing to say. Like airlines is kind of a weird thing to be passionate about just because the airline industry is riddle with friction. Um, in fact, in the Zoom chat poll, this is our first poll that we're going to do. I am going to launch it. And we're going to say, what is the most um, frustrating thing about flying? 
All right. Uncomfortable seat seems to be winning. For me, one of the most uh, frustrating things is just how expensive it is. Um, and I think this tweet sums it up pretty well. As a side note, I did a dry run for this presentation uh, with my team just a few days ago. And one of my colleagues, Kevin Dunn, if anyone knows him, said, Alyssa is such a great person to follow on Twitter. So if you're looking for any new content, give her a follow. Yeah, okay, so I agree with all these things. Uncomfortable seats, it's expensive, also takes a lot of time. And I think this is getting to the heart of why I love Porter Airlines so much. So Porter Airlines operates, operates as if it looked at the entire journey of their customer and took time to understand what points of frustrations travelers experience. So as we see, a huge point of frustration is wasting time. Porter Airlines was able to combat that point of friction by those free lounges that they provide. And for everyone who's not familiar with Porter Airlines, at all of the airports they operate out of, they have um, free lounges with comfortable seats and snacks and soft drinks. It's really just a delightful experience. Next, as we can tell from the poll, flying and food and everything at the airport is super expensive. Porter Airline mitigates that by providing free drinks and snacks at their lounge, but also on the plane. And then this one might be a bit subjective, but um, when you're flying, most of you said the uncomfortable seats is the most frustrating part. I imagine that can invoke some sort of grumpiness. Um, and Porter Airlines, again, mitigates that pain by their incredible staff. Because, in my opinion, they have such a frictionless experience, people are talking about them. So they've been ranked on the 10 great small airlines list, top 10 rankings in, or top 10 ranking in world's best airlines, uh, Canada's top regional airline, and me. So I know it might seem like it, but I promise I do not work for Porter Airlines, but I am one of their advocates. I mean, I spent the first, what, five minutes of this presentation talking about Porter when I'm not in that industry at all. Um, but that's like Porter Airlines just had such a frictionless experience that they're able to get advocates like me, like other folks. And the way you get advocates is to understand the customer journey. And how do you understand the customer journey? If this was in person, I'm sure everyone would be yelling out the answer, but I just assume you guys are yelling it out from behind your computers. Customer journey mapping. So a customer journey map is a visual representation of the stages or milestone a customer goes through with your company. So it's everything from that first interaction with a customer, whether that be your onboarding team, a website, an email, through all of the subsequent touch points. So customer support calls, subsequent um, onboarding calls, and then finally, hopefully, making them into your promoter. The other thing customer journey maps are good at is highlighting those points of force and friction in your journey. So force is something that allows your customers to get to their goals even quicker and, and therefore become those promoters even quicker. So an example of force that I love to use is self-service. So modern customer hates picking up the phone, hates talking to people. Um, but when you have that self-service option, you're able to get up and running um, with your product or service without having talked to anyone. 
Now on the other side of that, friction is what holds your customers back. So this is preventing them to reaching their goals and therefore preventing them from becoming your advocates. So an example of friction is um, a long wait time. So let's say you bought a product or service and the first time that the exterminator can come to your house is in five days. So as we go on, um, feel free to post in the comments, what are some of those points of force and friction your company is going through? I know we might not be in person, um, but that doesn't mean we can't keep the conversation going with one another. There's so many folks in here. So feel free to use that comment section as you see fit. Uh, first question being, what are some of those points of force and friction you as a company experience? All right, let's get into some benefits of customer journey mapping. So to me, if I could sum this up in one word, it would be empathy. First point, highlight the make or break moments in the customer experience. So it gives you and everyone else who's involved in this um, experience an understanding of what's really working and what's not. And once you understand those make or break moments, um, you're able to focus your customer work on those key moments. So you know where to invest those extra calories. And then third, align your company around the most critical customer deliverables. So customer journey mapping is a team effort. So when you get folks from all different divisions, um, all different segments of the company into a room to talk about the customer journey, all of a sudden there's alignment with, like within what could be the entire company. So questions like, where am I losing the most customers? What are the most important places I need to invest more resources? These are group conversations and foster that collaborative and diverse thinking. All right, so we've covered why customer journey mapping is important. Now let's cover how to actually do it. The first step, um, and I might have covered this in my last point, but it's gathering the appropriate people in the same room. So those individual contributors, customer facing folks, marketers, sales folks. Um, of course, you don't have to get everyone from the onboarding team or everyone from the sales team into this meeting, but just a few folks who really have a pulse on things. When you have this collaborative mindset, um, you're able to just understand that holistic journey that a customer goes through. Next, identify key moments. So key moments are those milestones that your customers go through. Now this can be hard to think about as there might be so many key moments that customers go through. Uh, but at HubSpot, what we do and what we recommend is these four moments. First impression. So what is the first experience customers have with us? So again, examples can include that, include that introductory call with that onboarding specialist, booking a meeting, reading a self-service article, uh, so many more. Um, this is incredibly, incredibly important to do well because it's so much easier to maintain trust than to lose it and then rebuild it. The second moment that you really wanna make sure you highlight in your customer journey map is the first value. When do customers feel confident they will get what they expect? 
Oh, is this right when they buy? Or is this the first onboarding calls? Really, the question here is, how can we get the first value to be as soon as possible? Next, we have intended value. When do customers feel confident they got what they expected from us? So if this is a repair company, is this after the repair person leaves? Um, or is this when you realize your fridge stays at the same temperature that you expect it to? Again, the earlier that this is done, the better it is for your customer, the easier it is to make these folks your advocates. And then extended value. This I think um, we should pay close attention to because most folks, I think this is kind of one that flies under the radar a lot. So when do customers feel like they've gotten more than they've bargained for? Essentially, when do customers turn into our advocates? When have we delighted them beyond measure? When are they going to go and tell their friends about um, this experience? So these four questions are incredibly important in the customer journey map. Um, if these key moments are delayed, it's harder to build that trust, it's harder to gain advocates. But I also wanna stress that these are just four moments. By no means are these the only four moments that you should include in the map, especially because I know people's customers' experience go through very different, I guess just very different across the board. Um, but I do think that this is a great place to start thinking about these four moments um, before we dive in a little deeper. All right, so we've gathered the appropriate folks. We've identified the key moments. Now it's time to get mapping and to build that empathy. So in your customer journey map, you'll map two things, what the customer does and what the customer feels. So here's an example. Uh, the customer books the first onboarding call. If I just looked at this map without that little sad face underneath, uh, I would think that this is a great thing. Like, yep, this is what the customer is supposed to do. They're about to uh, be on like the right track. But, and this is also really important why we should get multiple folks in the room, especially customer facing folks. Um, this actually isn't a great experience because it takes five days for folks to get on a call with us. So on one, on one hand, we like think they're doing something really great, but then when we look at the feeling aspect of it, it's actually a big point of friction. So by mapping out what you feel, you get into the mindset a little more and you can peel back layers and actually get to that deeper meaning. And finally, revisit when necessary. So as your business practices change, your map should change. Um, this isn't like a one and done thing. Uh, this is constantly evolving as your business practices evolve as well. One thing I forgot to mention earlier is uh, that you should have one customer journey map per process. So uh, if you sell two different products or services and the process is similar, that's fine to have just one customer journey map. So for instance, HubSpot has sales, marketing, and service products, but like the sales process is largely the same, the onboarding process is largely the same. So we put that on one customer journey map. But if you sell into two vastly different personas or two different segments, so for instance, HubSpot sells um, into a partner program, 
and then HubSpot sells it to his direct customers. And the sales process is slightly different. The onboarding process is slightly different. So we have two different maps. Um, you don't want to get too convoluted in one, but again, customer journey map isn't like, can't do it in just like 30 minutes, <clears throat> excuse me. So you do, you don't want to have like hundreds of them. Um, and one more thing, now it's just kind of turning into like my secret tips. Uh, so I think it's great if you want to start like uh, whiteboarding or putting it on post-it notes, but after you're done and you have like a pretty nice journey that everyone agrees on, I would highly recommend laminating it and putting it around your office. So HubSpot does that and it just, I think, so many people stop and read it, even the folks who weren't involved in creating that map. Um, and it's just like a nice kind of reminder that we are that customer first company. So once you've created it, this should actually be my fifth step, is showcase your hard work to everyone in that company. All right, I'm gonna take a quick sip of water. Let's transition into some examples. So let's talk about a software company's customer journey map. The first impression, they, or sorry, yeah, first impression, we're gonna log in after purchase, but I'm feeling a little confused and overwhelmed because there was no documentation that was sent to me as soon as I purchased. Next, my top feature is activated. This is exciting because this is what I bought for, this is gonna change the course of my business, but this might change the course of my business, so I'm kind of nervous. I'm also kind of nervous to see if this even works, so just a lot of nerves here, a lot of excitement. Intended value. My intended use case, it's achieved. I am satisfied. My extended value, I found, like I bought this tool, let's say for email, but I also found, oh, this has a book meetings link. That's cool, that's my extended value. Now I'm encouraged to use this tool even more to see what else I can find to a repair company. Uh, first impression is the site visit is booked, but I'm feeling impatient because I have to wait five days for the repair person to come. The first visit is completed. They said they fixed my fridge. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that they did, but knowing my luck, as soon as that person leaves, my fridge is gonna break right again. But the intended value was achieved, my repair is finished, I'm relieved. And an extended value example here is a quick adjacent fix. So let's say that repair person was fixing the fridge, they found something else wrong with it, and they fixed it right there and then. Or let's say I built such a good rapport with my repair person that um, I can call them up and ask for some advice when the next thing breaks. And then obviously we have to talk about Porter. It's been like 10 minutes that I haven't mentioned them. So gotta bring it up again. Um, so first impression, a flight booked. And then I distinctly remember feel like the feeling that I had when the flight was booked. I had one, never heard of Porter Airlines. Two, it was cheaper than everything else. So I was like, mm, okay. And then three, it's a propeller plane and I've never been on a propeller plane. So I was like, oh, is this the right move? It was the right move. Uh, first value was that lounge access. So I was, of course, pleasantly surprised. As you can tell, I talk about it all the time. Intended value was my comfortable arrival in Montreal. And I was, of course, very satisfied. 
And then my extended value was the extra staff, uh, extra snacks, um, delightful staff that I could talk to, multiple glasses of wine. It was great, and I was happy. All right, so I've been talking for about 20-ish minutes. Um, so we are going to switch gears a little bit with knowledge checks. I am going to do a poll again. This is true or false. You have two business segments uh, that follow two different customer journeys. You should only, you should still only have one map. Launch poll, true or false. All right, is anyone cheating? Because, or is this question just a little easy? Just kidding, okay. Uh, you guys, most of you guys are right, false. So as I mentioned earlier, if you have two different business segments that follow two different customer journey maps, um, have two different, or sorry, two different customer journeys, have two different customer journey maps. Let's go to the next one. Fill in the blank. First impression, first value, intended value, and launch. Oh, I love these polls. These are so fun. All right. Uh, so there's a bit of a, um, well, we have some between extended value and an extended uh, impression. It is indeed extended value. I'll actually share those results. Oh, that's cool. Okay. And then my last question is another true or false customer journey maps should be written from the perspective of the company. Launch poll. Oh, I'm kind of sad this is my last poll. These are so nice. All right. Looks like you guys have been paying attention. That's wonderful. It is indeed false. Uh, you definitely want to put this in the perspective of the customer share results. Um, after all, like the biggest, the biggest point of the customer journey map is to build empathy. We can only build empathy if we really map it out through the customer's point of view. Cool, that was fun. I need to do more webinars with polls. Um, all right, so now, great job. Um, I know we are all wooing from behind our computers. I am internally too. Uh, but now we're going to transition into an activity. So in order to prepare for you and your team to create a customer journey map, we're going to think through some of those key moments. Um, 
So basically these four questions are asking you to write down what the first impression is, what the first value is, and so on. Um, so we're gonna take about five minutes. So we'll stop at uh, 10.33 a.m. Eastern time. Um, and this is also the time I'm gonna take my camera off, I'm gonna mute myself, but this is when I'm gonna be scrolling through some of those comment sections looking for questions. So I'll either respond to you directly in chat or answer them out loud if I'm seeing there a few of the same questions. So if you have any questions, um, make sure to put that in the comment section. And then also again, we'll take five minutes to go through these questions. All right, so I am going to stop my video, I'm gonna mute myself and I will see you guys and I've said it a million times, but in five minutes.
All right, welcome back everyone. Hopefully that was enough time to just start thinking through those questions. Um, I have a couple questions that were asked that I want to address. Uh, the first one from Rob is, is there a cadence by which companies typically revisit their journey map? HubSpot audits their journey map once a year. And one from Catherine, is the first experience always after purchase or first experience period? Um, since this, like we look at this really as just the customer's journey map, not the prospect's journey map. So it's always after purchase um, in our mind. Uh, no, nope, you weren't meant to reply in this chat. You were just meant to take your, uh, your notes privately, but if you wanted to put it in the chat, that's great too. Um, all right, so we are going to switch gears just a bit um, into part two of this presentation. So what happens after the customer journey mapping process? So after you've identified certain points of friction, um, and like spoiler, there will be many points of friction within some of these key moments, but we're gonna go through some of the most common ones that um, HubSpot found through research, through doing this ourselves, and how we can combat them using HubSpot, using Service Hub, using other tools. All right, let's talk about the friction during the first impression key moment, handoffs. Handoffs are when a customer goes from one group of folks like sales to another group like customer service. Uh, and this is the most common time a customer slips through the cracks. So customer service might be waiting for sales to send an introduction, introductory email. Sales might think customer service just is running off on their own. Um, so it's not really owned by anyone. So it's an easy, like these folks are easy to forget. And this is also a common time where customers feel annoyed since many of them have to repeat themselves. So I used to work in um, our customer success team as uh, an onboarding specialist for our sales tools. So if you were onboarded with sales professional maybe two years ago, maybe we had a conversation. Um, but one of the biggest bits of feedback was like, I just told our sales rep this, like I just wanna get in with it. Um, not say the exact same thing to you when your sales rep is probably right sitting, sitting right next to you. So overall, not a very great experience. So let's talk about how to fight this friction. Um, but side note, these are just like some examples. So if you folks have other ways that you, uh, like if you guys think you've nailed the handoff, please post that in the chat room. Like we can all learn from each other. But what I'm gonna talk about is one, creating a playbook. Um, so we want to include four things in this playbook. This playbook is really like when a new hire comes on or just for both your sales and uh, customer success teams. So one, we're going to include goals in that playbook. What sales and customer service is measured on? So many times, of course, they're going to be like, you're going to be measured on different things, but sometimes there might be some overlap like customer retention. Um, so when both these teams feel like, oh wait, we're on the same, the same page, like our goal is to delight, retain this customer, this can create alignment. There's more of this feeling of we're all in this together rather than like 
uh, the salesperson just sold to sell, this customer service person isn't doing their job, it's more cohesive. Two, a buddy system. Uh, now, it doesn't have to be called a buddy system if you don't want to, but just having some uh, way that a salesperson has their go-to customer service person to go to for their questions. Um, again, it can be a formal system. It doesn't have to be. We personally did just like mixers. So uh, we would have customer success and our sales team like together in the beer garden or whatever it might be. Um, so there's like those like unofficial buddies or just friends that you feel more comfortable uh, going to for, for answers. And then note templates. So this is huge to make sure that customers don't have to repeat themselves. So if you have a CRM, uh, use snippets, use whatever it is to make it easier so that your like the questions that sales has answers to go directly to customer success. Um, this one I think is the, the biggest one because that again, as I mentioned, is one of the biggest points of contention. And then feedback. So when teams work together, there's gotta be some way that we can give feedback to one another, negative and positive. Um, so we gotta make sure that both teams are enabled with knowing how to give feedback. We use uh, the situation behavior impact model this, uh, this just, I think, takes away a lot of the subjectivity. It's like, it's not like, oh, this, this made me feel X, Y, and Z. It's, this is what happened. And the impact is that the customer retained or the customer didn't retain, whatever it is. It's just like very, here are the facts. If you guys have other methods of giving feedback also, I would love to hear that. So put that in the comment section too. Now let's talk about workflows to make this process easier. Uh, again, I'm gonna be talking about how we can do it in HubSpot, but of course there are other tools that maybe I'm not as familiar with that you can use to do this as well. So uh, this first one is a customer service rep gets a notification every time they get a new account for onboarding. This will only work if your sales team is using deals and your service team is using uh, a ticket onboarding pipeline. Um, this also will be sent out and put on the community. So if you want to reference this again, uh, you don't have to take screenshots or take notes, you'll have it. So deal stage is closed. And then we're going to rotate the ticket between these folks. Um, and of course, when a ticket is assigned, they'll get a notification. Next workflow I recommend is the sales rep gets a notification when customer is done onboarding. So if the ticket status is finished onboarding, then the deal owner is going to get an email. So this is great for cross-sell and upsell opportunities, but this is also just a moment for delight. So it's like someone is just checking in on you to make sure that everything is going smoothly, even if there isn't any cross-sell or upsell opportunities there. All right, common points of friction during first value. So this, it's a lack of multi-channel support. So when you do have multi-channel support, folks feel empowered to reach out and get those questions answered. Um, I think I mentioned this before, but it's also just a given in today's, for today's modern customer, right? Like customers expect to be able to reach out at any time, anywhere, and get their question answered. That's just the world that we live in today. It also lends its way so that 
really easy questions aren't necessarily answered through the phone. Um, they're like more appropriate channels for that, tweets, emails, chats. Um, and if someone does have a really complicated question, you don't have to sit and email back and forth about it, hop on the phone. And then when customers do feel they're supported, um, you're gonna see an increase in loyalty and retention in Net Promoter Score. And we'll talk about Net Promoter Score in a little bit. All right, so how do we combat this? This is a tall order since this, we're like expecting you to be everywhere at once. Um, so first we need to open those lines of communication in forms, social media, email, phone, bots, knowledge base. And this is hard, especially if you have a small team because most of these things require a human to be on the other end. Um, but like if you guys are going to make it easier for your customers to reach out to you, help desk software makes it easier for you to reach back out to your customer. Uh, so the solution here is to use a help desk Now you can use HubSpots. HubSpots is free. You can use someone else's, but a help desk, um, has a, a unified inbox. This is a screenshot of our conversations. Um, so that all the queries go to one place. It has automation, so you can auto-assign conversations, and it also has a way to prioritize, so you know like who to reach out to next. Um, this is just HubSpots, um, but I know there, there are a couple other great ones out there too. And then finally, let's talk about extended value. So one, we want folks to get more than they bargained for. And two, we want folks to showcase that they're so happy with our products and services and that they got more than expected. But the problem here lies in these facts. So 42% of companies don't collect feedback and 19% of companies have an advocacy program. Uh, collecting feedback is a tricky thing, especially because I know I don't give feedback to many companies and when I do, it's mostly not positive. Um, but if there are, like in the comments, say what is the last company you gave feedback to? I just wanna see, this is like just for my own benefit. I wanna see how many of you actually give feedback. Um, and the big problem is also like what this graph represents. So if we don't collect feedback, it's a problem because this graph is showing who consumers trust the most. So people trust people they know way more than anyone else, than search engines, review sites, et cetera. So we need to make sure that people are talking well about our brand. Um, so the solution, I know you guys are all yelling it again, is collect feedback and showcasing that feedback. Um, so you can use Service Hub to do this, do this, excuse me. Even if you don't use Service Hub, we can use workflows um, to send out customer feedback email, emails. Um, and then of course, once you send those customer feedback emails, you take note of who your advocates are and then ask them for reviews. We'll get, we'll get more into that in a second. So let's break it down a little more. There are three main types of feedback. We have net promoter score, customer effort score, and customer satisfaction. 
Net Promoter Score is getting a pulse on how your customers feel about your business as a whole. Um, so this is the, would you recommend us to a friend question that should be asked about every 90 days. Then we have Customer Effort Score. Uh, that's used after support interaction. Uh, the question is, how easy was it for you to get your problem solved? And then we have customer satisfaction. That's how satisfied are you with X? So this is actually, this goes back really well to those key moments because this should be asked after those moments. So after conversations with the sales rep, after a visit with a exterminator, for example, um, really how satisfied are you with what, what we offered you? So net promoter score is on an 11 point scale. And I would focus on a net promoter score uh, for fig figuring out who your advocates are. So detractors are folks who gave you a zero to six. Um, you wanna follow up with everyone because that's like how you're gonna grow as a company. So for detractors, ask them what went wrong. This also is a good internal conversation about whether or not these folks are a good fit for your company. Neutrals, um, these are folks who gave you a seven to an eight. Question you wanna ask them is, how can we make your experience better? And promoters are nine and tens. These are the folks who are like banging on the table who are so impressed with what you offer to them. Uh, so what you really wanna ask yourself is, how can we get them to spread the word? Is this, do we wanna make case studies? Uh, do we want them to tweet about us, blog posts? Etc. And if you're especially if you're just starting out, it's really hard to ask people to like do something for you. Um, so what HubSpot does is offer incentives. Now you don't want to offer incentives and be like, oh, if you give us a nine or a ten, uh, you can get this five dollar gift card. That's not what I'm talking about. But just to start the feedback process. So if you fill out this feedback survey, it's going to take less than two minutes of your time. Um, here's a HubSpot t-shirt. Here's some swag. Here's a like visit to the office, whatever it might be. Um, also, raffles work really well too. Uh, that's just some things that HubSpot does because I know that's like a question we get asked all the time is how do you even start to collect feedback? The answer here, offer incentives. Um, and then we got to showcase that advocacy work. So this is not easy asking um, asking your promoters for case studies, tweets, etc. But it, as we've seen from those graphs, it does add a ton for your potential customers. So you want to make sure your sales rep, your marketers, your customer service agents, all of them know that these blog posts, this program exists. Again, just like you want to showcase your customer journey map, you also want to showcase your advocacy work. So within Service Hub, um, you can set up these surveys super nicely. You'll get notifications when folks fill it out. You can filter by results. You can get reports. Um, it's really great. But even if you don't have Service Hub, you can use integrations and workflows to achieve the same results. So right here, we're using um, SurveyMonkey to ask that NP, uh, yeah, NPS question, um, send an email, and then send a notification to follow up. Follow up. So uh, just two ways that you can do it in HubSpot. Of course, there are plenty of others.
And there we have it. So as a wrap up, uh, today we talked about customer journey mapping, what it is and how to do it. Uh, we've talked about those key moments you folks should be looking out for and how HubSpot can help add force to those key moments. Here I've added a few resources, including lessons, blog posts, um, just academy resources uh, for like customer journey mapping, sales to customer success handoff. Um, and I'll be sending out these slides. Uh, Juliana will be sending out a survey. But any feedback is really appreciated. We kind of had to pivot from our usual hug. So we're still figuring this out. So please, please, please um, leave any feedback. Uh, and now, with about 10 minutes left, I will open it up to any questions in the Zoom room. So ask away, and uh, KG and I will just go through them and figure out which ones we can answer out loud or we just type them in. But again, thank you all so much. If you have to hop, completely understand. Um, but I'll see you folks soon. Um, so there was a question if there's a tool that you recommend for the visual representation of the customer journey map. When we started, we used Miro. It is similar to Notly if anyone has used that, but it's a website and it's just a bunch of like little sticky notes. So as you're figuring it out, it's easy to drag drop. It's easy to color coordinate. So I would start out like that over any, you know, um, uh, whiteboarding or sticky notes and once you have it online then it's really easy to translate it into word make it nice print it out um, and have it laminated and posted on your uh, along your company walls So Michael asked if there are other training sessions on other aspects of HubSpot, for example, managing the stages of customer onboarding. Uh, we are in the process of um, really building out our customer service lessons. So that's a great example. Uh, we're thinking of doing one that's like how to do customer service where we talk through like the intake process, all of that. But Michael, if you or any other folks have um, suggestions for what you would like to see either in blog post lesson format, uh, please let us know. And that's, that's our top priority. Yep. So for people who use a Salesforce, we, um, Megan asked if you integrate with Salesforce, 
Can we still use sales hub? Can you import list to send feedback forms? You can indeed. Um, we have a pretty robust integration with Salesforce. Uh, and yes, sales hub is an add on expense. Yes, it is. It's M I R O Miro. I will be sending out a copy of the slides. It will also be posted on the community where you folks can continue on in the discussion. How is a customer journey map beneficial for an online lead? Um, So I think the customer journey map, if it's customer journey maps, um, how it was presented today was very much after a lead becomes that customer. But I have seen folks even start it before. I think this was a question earlier, like is the first impression, the first impression with their company overall or the first impression once they're a customer. And if you want to extend this to the prospecting stage too, um, that's great too. There's probably plenty of points of force and friction there. Uh, some of those questions might be a bit different, but um, we can, uh, I will take note of who this is and we can discuss afterwards. All right, folks. Well, I had a wonderful time um, thank you so much. Uh, if you have any questions at all, if you want to connect, um, please reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can tweet at me or at HubSpot Academy. This has been so much fun. I hope you guys had just as great of a time and I will see you folks or hopefully see you folks soon. Talk to you soon. Bye everyone. Thank you all.